0: Hey, so my name is Doug, and I'm one of the pastors here at Next Level Church, and we are so glad that you were joining in uh, with our, our service this week. And, and we're just excited because we're starting a brand new series, and the name of that series is Faith in Real Life. And I'm, I'm really excited uh, about this series and the implications it's going to have for us uh, who call ourselves believers. Now, Let me just say right out of the chute, if you're not a believer, hang on, hang on, hang on. We are so glad you're here. You know, if you're checking out Jesus and you're, trying, you're asking questions because we, we, we say that this is a safe place for you to ask questions, for you to find your way. And so just know that, that this week and, and, and several weeks following, uh, we're going to have a series that's really directed toward those people who've already crossed the line of faith. Now, again, just hang on because here's why this is important for you. I'm talking directly to you. And, and, it's, and it's for you because you're going to get to be able to take a deep look at why we do the things we do. See, that's, that's really crucial for us to understand. Too many, too many times people see what we do, they make an assumption about it uh, based on some some maybe some misinformation, and, and they see what believers do and they scratch their heads about it or they assume a certain way and really it's for a whole different set of reasons. So I encourage you to stick around, hang out with us, come and discover uh, about faith in real life. Now, what you need to know, we're, we're going to be studying the book of James and in the New Testament. Now, James, uh, most people believe that, that the author James, the guy who wrote this letter uh, to, to Christians, uh, was the half-brother of Jesus. Now, that's really important to, to understand because you've got to understand there was a point, if you go back into the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and you're going to read and you're going to see that, that he, uh, along with his other siblings, doubted that he was really the Messiah. Uh, matter of fact, they thought he was a little crazy at times. Matter of fact, they presumed things upon him at times and and he went from being this doubter being this skeptic uh, particularly that's his brother right i mean you know who's going to call your brother hey you're the son of god i mean it's just not going to happen normally but somewhere along the way and most most people would ab- agree that it was the resurrection that was the transforming piece of the puzzle that changed his opinion about Jesus, changed his mind, and James began a new life in Jesus based on the resurrection. So that's why it's important to understand who this writer James is, and you need to understand, too, that as he's writing, he is writing to uh, Christians around the world. And so he symbolically in chapter 1 uses a, a very symbolic phrase about the 12 tribes. And some people say, well, that's to the Jews. No, th- this is to believers. Why? Because in very first one, John says very clearly, hey, I'm a servant of God. I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Called him Lord right out of the beginning, right at the shoot, right at the beginning of that letter. He's making a statement that Jesus is Lord of his life, so about 15 years after the resurrection, James writes the letter to all these Christians who were scattered out. Now, again, if you're just a little historical information, if you go back into the book of Acts, you'll read that there was a, a most of the, the most of the believers were in Jerusalem, and. And then there was a great persecution that rose up, and actually it was uh, this guy named Saul who was a spearhead, the tip of the spear for all this persecution, later became Paul. But because of that persecution, the church scattered, they left Jerusalem, and they went out into the region. And so James is writing a letter to them. They didn't have the New Testament as we understood it. They didn't have any of that. They simply had a believing faith. They believed that Jesus was the Son of God. They believed that He was their Messiah, their hope, and they had given their lives to Him. And so now they're scattered out. They had some initial teachings that they received there in Jerusalem, but 15 years later... James takes it upon himself to write this letter. Now, here's what you need to know about this letter and about this whole series that we're setting up. The book of James was written to instruct Christians. This is what I'm saying. This this book is specifically toward Christians, but if you're not a believer, hang on with us because you're going to get a good look at why we do the things we do. But it was written to instruct Christians to live out their faith that is to take the faith that they have in Jesus and for that to be, to make a difference. Because see, Jesus changes our lives. And because our lives are changed, we live a different, different way. We live out their lives in a world that doesn't carry the same values as the kingdom of God. See, James is right and he's saying, listen, you know, you guys have, a different set of values than the world around you. Sounds like today? Hmm? Does it? Yeah? Sounds like today, right? So this makes this, this book very, very applicable to us because there's a, an encouragement to live out faith, to have these actions, to have these deeds, if you would, that show forth who we are as believers. And so it's really difficult to live that in a world that doesn't share those same values. And so James takes it upon himself to write this letter to all these, and it's circulated throughout the, the region to all these believers. Now, during this series, we're going to get into chapter two, but I want to show you this central piece of the puzzle to understanding the book of James, to understanding why this idea of living out our life, our faith, is so important. And he says here in chapter 2, verse 18, show me your faith without deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. Well, okay, obviously you can't do that. You can certainly say, I've got faith, but if there are no deeds to back that faith up, then how do you show your faith? And so he says, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. And so, see, part of this is showing forth what's inside of us. I want you to hear this really clearly. I'm going to explain this along the way because it's this idea of taking what's inside of us, this faith, and allowing that faith to impact every facet of our lives. Now, I don't know about you. But for me, when I get, start getting angry at people, and yes, I, that's very weird for me, I know. I, it's not quite in my character. But when, when I get angry with people, when I get short with people, when I, when I start to look at life and go, man, it, everybody's against me, everything's against me. When I, when I start thinking that everybody's wrong and I'm right, when I start getting upset, when I start grumbling, when I start complaining, and occasionally, I, yes, I'll yell and scream. Why? Just the other day, I, I was I having a conversation with my daughter, and it got—we were talking about some things that were going on uh, in in the, on the national news, and and she kind of raised her voice a little bit and and said something that I implied that that that. I believe that I felt like she implied that I believe uh, this particular way. And I kind of barked back at her in a loud voice. And right when I barked back, I realized I felt bad. And that feeling bad was the fact that that action was incongruent with who I am. I'm not the kind of person that yells and screams, I'm not the kind of person that that places uh, doubt. In the absence of knowledge. I always try to fill that absence of knowledge with trust. But in that moment. I. Filled the absence of knowledge. In her actions and her voice. And I yelled at her. Certainly did. I acted incongruently. Now it wasn't long after. In, as in, in that conversation. I ultimately apologized. For what I did. And, and, and I didn't explain it away. Because I took. Took responsibility for my action, but it was incongruent with who I am. That's not within me. That's not part of who I am. And so in that moment, I felt bad. I, I had grief. I had shame in that moment. Why? Because it's, it's this, this incongruent. And, and there's been a time in my life where I felt bad about all the things that were going on and I was extremely unhappy. I was the unhappiest person in the world. I was the most complainingest person in the world. And, and the reason was, is that my actions were incongruent with what was inside of me. And that is faith. Let me put it this way. I am unhappy. That is lack of a full life. I lack a full and meaningful life. I am unhappy because I am living incongruent to the values that are instilled within me. Now, I say that because when I accepted Jesus, this full and meaningful life came my way. We talk about that almost week in and week out. We talk about a, a life to the full. And when that life to the full comes inside, come, becomes part of me, then it wants to live out. It wants to impact every nuance of my life. It wants to impact the way I think and what I do and how I spend my money and the words that I say and the actions that I take. And when I live incongruent to that faith, I am unhappy. I'm a grumbly person. Last week, Pastor Clay made a comment that good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people go to heaven. And in the context of this quote, I encourage you to go back last week and watch that message. But but the context of this, what he's trying to say is you can't do good deeds, you can't do good things to make your way into heaven, to earn God's favor. You can't do that. You can only earn God's favor by asking for forgiveness. You can only become a follower and a believer in Jesus by asking for forgiveness, not by doing good stuff. It's a totally different motivation factor. And so from that, this idea, I want to modify it. And I want to look at the approach this way for today's message, and maybe for this entire series, is that I take next steps. We talk about taking next steps in our journey with Jesus all the time. I take next steps, that is showing my faith by my deeds. I take next steps not to be loved, not that I'm trying to earn God's favor, not that I'm trying to, to, to get him to love me, but I take these next steps because I am Loved, and this is what James is talking about. He's saying, Listen, guys, you, you're a believer. It's inside of you. And the reason that you 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 have all these fights, and the reason you have these quarrels, and the reason that you're upset, and the reason that, that it is because you're living incongruently with who you are. Listen. It's because God loves me that I take next steps. Because I take, I read my Bible and I pray and 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 I give and I and I serve people and I have times of of quiet solitude and, and 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 as I'm focusing on God and I memorize scriptures and I actually journal. I do all those things not to earn God's love. I don't don't do the right thing to earn God's love. I don't take next steps to earn God's love. I take next steps because I am loved. And that's what the book of James is all about. It's going to drive us to this, this entire series. We're going to be dealing with this idea that I take these next steps, that I do these things Because I am loved. And so today, we're going to take a look in chapter 1 at some very specific things in terms of handling handling what we call troubles, trials trials and temptations, because those are two different things, trials and temptation, two totally different things. So let's take a look. He begins in verse 2. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles, he just comes right out. Of the, he, I mean, he doesn't even waste time. He doesn't have an introductory statement. He doesn't say, hey, how you doing? He just comes right out of the shoot. He said, I am a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Take a look at this. What happens... When you walk in your work and you're fired or you find out your, your work is they're laying everybody off. What do you do? What do you do when, when you happen to get in a wreck and now you got a hassle with all the car stuff? What do you do? What do you do when you look at the stock market and it's going doing some weird stuff and you got and you got things that are going on and you're trying to figure out if we're going to be in a recession or not and you're looking at money, what do you do? See these are, these are circumstances. These aren't like this isn't like okay, God's doing X,YZ. These are just circumstances in life. I learned that really fast uh, when I actually went to Brazil 1989. Went to Brazil on a what's called a mission trip. Went down there and uh, did some preaching down there and did a few other things. But while we were there, we were on our way to a service, a very important service that was, had taken place uh, at a somebody's house. And when I say at somebody's house, they had about 30 people that were there waiting on us. And we had a flat tire. Now, there were some people in our crew, uh, in our team... That said very immediately, well, this is Satan working and and this is this is of Satan. And the guy, the our our interpreter chuckled at us, and I said, What are you chuckling about? And he said, Well, this is just life. Here in Brazil, this is just life in Sao Paulo. This is just life. It just happens. Flat tires happen. Stuff happens. These are what I'm, These are the troubles of life. And when they come, how do we see them? Oh man, this is this is terrible. Oh man, this is awful. This is oh this is terrible. And I'm just griping and complaining and and I'm moaning and 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 I'm just oh man. But the value inside of us, James says, is to consider it. Great joy. Consider it. See, this is where the freedom, you, you hear this phrase, the freedom in Christ and, and being set free. This is the freedom. Because if we don't have Jesus, most of us don't have the ability to consider these troubles, these, the, these, these tribulations, whatever word you want to put right there for this right here, it's just a trouble circumstance. Whatever it is, Most of us don't have the opportunity, the ability to look at it for great joy. But because Christ lives in us, we're able to be different to the world around us. And we're able to consider it as great joy. Why? For you know. See, here's how we're able to consider it. Because we know. We know see I, I, there's this dugism I have going on and, and, and these are phrases that I use. I rip off from other people nine point nine times out of ten I've ripped them off. but this is one that I, I picked up a very long time ago. You can't help how you feel, but you can certainly change the way you think and as a believer, we have the ability to know what do we know that when our faith is being tested it is being troubled in that process that our endurance has a chance to grow when we hit these trials when we hit these troubles we look at that and sometimes our faith is tested in that but we know what do we know what do we know what do we know that's factual what do we know can't help how i feel But I can certainly change the way I think about my situation. And I know that my endurance, another Bible word would be perseverance. We don't use that word very often. But our perseverance, our endurance has a chance to do what? To grow, take a next step, to become more, to be more. Why is that important? Because this perseverance we let this perseverance finish its work in us so that what we can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, here's the deal. We take these next steps. Why do we take next steps in our spiritual journey with Jesus? Because we, we need to grow up. We need to, to become mature as believers. Hey, listen, just because I, I, I followed Jesus 40 years ago and I'm 40 years old in the spiritual journey with Jesus doesn't make me a, a, a mature Christian. I could still be right where I was when I accepted Jesus, but just 40 years later. I could still be this baby Christian. I could still be thinking like a baby Christian. I could be thinking like a child, a spiritual child. I could be be doing things that I did then, not allowing the faith to change the way I live. But he says, listen, know, know, know this. Why? Because our faith matures and becomes complete, and it doesn't lack anything. See, this is the whole gig. This is why these troubles happen, and because these troubles happen, we have one of two choices. We can moan and complain. We can get people around us and moan and complain. I didn't get my way, and blah, 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 blah. Or we can endure we can have persever- perseverance, we can endure and become mature and complete, not lacking anything in faith. And why is that important? And he goes on uh, down in, chapter, in verse 12. He says, blessed is the one who en- endures, perseveres under trials, these troubles. You're blessed. Think about it. You're blessed if you endure. You're not blessed because it happened. Okay, it happened. The circumstance happened. We're all in this economic mess together. We're, we're all in this uh, life together. Stuff happened. We, we're, you know, we, we all were in it together during COVID. We were all in it together way back when uh, at 9-11 that impacted so many things. But, 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 but we're all in it together. But we persevere under trial because, having stood the test, we're going to receive the crown of what? Life. I know, wait a minute, I know. Some of you are believers, and you're watching this and going, yeah, there you go, there you go. There You're talking about it. That's how you get eternal life. That's why he's talking about crown of eternal life. He might be. But let me suppose this idea to you. Let me interject this thought. What is the crown of life in the here and now? What if I persevere under these trials? I'm blessed. I see myself as blessed. I endure. I don't cave into these things. I, I see God working and I'm aware of God working and I take these steps and, and I'm different. What if I persevere and my reward is the full and meaningful life? Huh, how about that? Oh, yeah, I got this full life. I get life. I don't get all the moaning, complaining, and griping, and, and worry, and fretting, and, and frustration. No, I get life. Life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Look what Jesus said, John 10. Jesus said in John ten ten, I came that you can have life. And that you can have it to the full. This is what he's talking about right here. This is what's given to us. As we deal with these trials and these troubles. Again, it's living out our faith. It looked, We look different than the rest of the world. What does the rest of the world do? They gripe and complain and moan. Just go on Facebook. Oh my gosh. I've never seen such belly aching. I mean, talk to your friends, talk to your neighbor. You see it. Why? Because of lack of of Jesus living out of believers' lives. Jesus gave us full, meaningful life. But see, that's troubles. That's handling a trouble. I, I mentioned the word temptation. What does that mean? Being tempted. You know, sometimes we go, well, this is my, this is, I'm being tempted. No, that's just, a, that's just a trouble. That's just a trial. That's just a circumstance that we end up in. Temptation is different. He said, remember, when you are being tempted, when you're being tempted, temptation leads to sin. We're going to see that in just a minute. When you're being tempted, do not say, do not say, God is tempting me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Why? You can't change the way you feel. I might feel like God's tempting me, but you can certainly change the way you think. I'm going to say, no, this is not God tempting me. How do I know that? It says it right here. God is, we can't say that. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. He never tempts us to do wrong. Never. He never does that. But temptation comes from where? Our own desires. Again, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about we have this faith, and we want to live out that faith, and our problem is that that along with that faith that wells in us, sometimes there's these desires that are contrary to the faith that we live. And what he's saying is, the, you got to know that the temptation comes from our own desires and they entice us and drag us away from the faith that wants to live out inside of us. This is why we live different because we're able to choose not our desires, we're able to choose the faith that lives in us. We're able to choose that. Goes on to say that these desires, Give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And people say, well, that means if you commit sin, you're going you're to die eternally. Well, no. That's not true. But when we do sin, it gives birth to these sinful actions. Actions that miss the mark of the faith... Again, that's inside of us. The faith that that all of a sudden now, we're, as believers, we're moaning and complaining and we're griping and we're against everything and we're down and we're depressed and, and, and we're hung up. Why? Because of sinful actions. And when that sin is allowed, when we continue to choose that, and we continue to make those actions prevalent that are are incongruent with our values, It gives birth to death. That is a life that is not full of meaningful life, but just the opposite of a full and meaningful life, a dead life, a life that, who wants to be around that mess? I mean, really? Who wants to be around that? Who wants to be around a believer? Somebody who says, yeah, I got Jesus, but I'm just moaning, complaining. Oh, woe is me. No, why? Because there's sin in life. Sin, missing the mark of God's expectation. That's all sin is. And when it's allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. You see, but on the flip side of this, we take these steps to persevere. What's going to help us to persevere? What's going to to help me to endure? What's going to help me to say no to the desires that are within me? What's going to help me to say yes to the faith that is within me? Let me put it this way. What environments can you put yourself in to help you navigate and embrace the full and meaningful life that lives in you? That's your question to answer. What environments? Where can you go? What environment can you place yourself in that's going to help you navigate, and embrace the fully meaningful life that lives inside of you? Let me make a few suggestions for you this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whenever you're watching this. Let me make a few suggestions. Number one, have a group of people or one person that you can be transparent with. And here, let me use this word transparent. I choose this word. Transparent. Transparent means you're going you're to show forth all your flaws. That's what you're going to do. You're going to be transparent with people. You're not going to put a shield up. You're not going to block, block people out. You're going to let people into your life. You're going to let them come into your life. And you're going to share all the ugly stuff that you got going on. Yeah, that's right. Why? Because you find a group of people where your story is safe. And in that, as you find that group of people where your story is safe, then you're able to be transparent. I'll never forget, um, several years ago, I, to, to make a long story short, a friend of mine, from when I was in high school, her mom died tragically in a plane crash, and so we went to the the didn't, it wasn't a it was a memorial service uh, for her. Uh, they couldn't recover the body because the body was in the ocean, somewhere, and um, and so obviously afterwards, as we went around and met the family, I went and talked to to this girl who she and I had a relationship, and, and to be transparent with you, that relationship, though based in friendship, was also based in a sexual relationship. And so I began to talk to her, and, and you know this is years later. I mean, this is like 10, 15 years later after, after high school. Um, and so uh, maybe just fudge more. And when, um, when we talked, She said, me and my husband are going through a divorce. And so she kind of left it at that. And we talked a little bit. And she wanted to reach out and talk to me because she and I, we were always able to talk. Well, after I left that little ceremony, that little memorial service, I got in the car, picked up my old flip phone, and I called Rodney Navy. My one person, I called Rodney. I said, hey, Rodney, it's Doug. I need to tell you something. And I told him the story about this girl. And I said, here's why I'm telling you a story. You need to, first of all, ask me. I want to make sure you need to ask me, Doug, are you helping her because you're not the one to help her? And then number two, I'm going to ask you, did you just lie to me and are you talking to her? Because, see, I found this one person that I could be transparent with and I could hold myself accountable to. And I called Rodney immediately, and I dodged a potential bullet in my life. Dodged it right there. Because at that point, I'm married. I got two kids. Dodged the bullet. Why? Because I chose to have this one person as believers in Christ that I could be transparent with. Or in this case, I tell you, if that happened today, I'm going to turn to my fire pit group and I'm going to look at my fire guys and I'm going to say, hey guys, I got this going on. I need y'all to pray for me. I need y'all to hold me accountable. I'm telling you, when we do that, we're able to overcome these evil, these desires that are within us and we're able to tap in to the life of faith, the fully meaningful life that Jesus is talking about. That's what we do. Find a group. If you're local, I encourage you to find a group. We're going to have groups this fall. We're going to to be talking more about them uh, the end of August, starting in, in September. But if you can't get into a group of people right now where you can find that, then find the one person who you can do that with, who you're willing to hold yourself accountable to. It's crucial. That's crucial. Here's the second thing. Read the Bible and pray. Yeah, I know. It's like, God, that's it. That's it. Read the Bible. This puts you in the environment. You see, being in a group where you're transparent, it just puts you into the environment. I'm not saying it fixes all. Please hear me say that. I'm not saying reading the Bible and praying is going to fix it all. But what I'm saying is it's going to put you into an environment that allows you to learn and grow and God's Spirit moves in you as you look at Scripture. I encourage you to go get the YouVersion app. they got this really cool thing, sends you a notification, verse of the day, and you can read that verse of the day. You can pray over that if that's where you're at, or you can do, you can do other readings as well. they got all kinds of plans. But, but read the Bible. Put yourself in that environment. Another opportunity, serve others. Find a way to serve other people. Why? Because that puts you in an environment. Because when you serve other people, you look like Jesus who's inside of you. When you're you're helping other people, when you're serving other people, you look more like Jesus than the other time. Why? Because Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. That's who Jesus is. And Jesus lives in us. When we cross the line of faith, he lives in us. I'm not talking something metaphorical, his body's inside of my body. I'm not speaking like that. But I'm saying that his spirit, the very essence of Jesus, lives inside of me when I cross the line of faith and when you, when you cross the line of faith. And this is important to him, to serve. I I serve. And, you know, again, if you're local looking for a place to serve, you can serve right here in the church. Come to the next level. Come be a part of us. Find a place to serve. Why? Because when you serve somebody else, you look more like Jesus. Find a local ministry you can serve somebody else because when you give yourself away, when you serve other people, you look more like Jesus. I'm going to tell you, you're going to not moan and complain all the time because you're going to be living the full and abundant life. Three simple environments. By the way, if you're local... We're doing this thing called Serve Sunday on August 20th. Super excited about that. Maybe that'll be the first step to serve our community if you came right here to our campus and you got plugged in and got involved. Now, I know that this message is directed to believers to live out this faith and we live out this faith, not as a set of rules. Again, I want to reiterate that really strongly. I live this faith out, not as a set of rules, not as a set of regulations, not that I have to. I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to pray. I don't have to serve others. I don't have to be in another group. But I'm telling you, when we do those things, we put ourselves in that environment. I don't have to come to church, but when I put myself in this gathering of people together, when I put myself in those environments, I'm able to to. Live the full and meaningful life that God has for me. I'm able to choose life. I'm able to overcome troubles. I'm able to endure temptations because because of Jesus. Not because of a set of rules. Not because of a set of regulations. I'm able to choose the faith that's inside of me. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you that you you love us enough to, 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 to offer to us your way of life. A way of life that's way better than our way. A full and meaningful life. And for those of us who who are are believers, Father, we pray you will help us to to take these steps, even put ourselves in these environments so that we we can endure, so that we can persevere our troubles, so that we can overcome our temptations, so that we can live the full and meaningful life that you have for us. Lord, help us. Help us to look to you so that we can live differently because the world just says, Chuck it all. Be mad at it all. Be frustrated with it all. Be complaining about it all. You don't need to live like that. You have the right to respond that way. No, we have the right to respond by the values of the kingdom God has us. You know, if you're asking questions, Heavenly Father, there's people who are asking questions and they're watching and maybe today they want to follow Jesus because they just saw the way to do it. It's not a set of rules. It's not a set of regulations. Pray that you will help them to cross that line of faith and believe in you. Pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you again for, for being with us today and, and sharing with us. And, and if you have been encouraged in any way, shape, or form, I want to ask you to do us a favor. Our church asks you to do us a favor. Share it. Share it. Share, however you want to share it. Share it uh, via your social media. Uh, grab the link and text it to somebody. However you share it, like it. Why is that important? Because there's other people like you. There's other people who need to hear just like you're going, I needed that today. There's other people just like you that need this. And when you share it and when you like it, you're enabling that to go out to people just like you. And speaking of people just like you, I wanna let you know that there are people who are just like, were just like you and still are, and they find meaning in what's taking place. And because of that, they give. They give so that other people like you can experience this. And so if you feel like you've been benefited in this in any way, and you would like to pay it forward, so to speak, you like to give to God, then to, to make this ministry continue to happen, and then I encourage you to go to our website, click give, and you can walk through all the directions there. And give. Why? Because your life's been in, in your life has been touched and changed. And there's other people just like you needing that. Now, as we wrap up, I want to say again, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. May you, this week, grow in your faith. And you find the environments to put yourself in To make the choices of faith rather than desire in the context of your life. You guys have a great week. Thank you.